The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, I'm working on about two hours of sleep in the last last day and a half. How about you? Right? Right? If you're like me, last evening... If you're in the news business and you get up early, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. And if you're in this business and you get up early, you're probably starting to wind down seven o'clock at night. And I usually officially close my eyes between 10 and 11. And last night that didn't happen until around one thirty, two o'clock this morning. And then that four o'clock bell rang. None of us in the news business has slept much in the past two days because of the the two things going on, because you have the president of the United States working overseas in the Middle East. And then we had last night's horrific situation in Manchester, Manchester, a city not unfamiliar to terrorism. However, the last big terrorist bombing in Manchester happened a while back, and it was completely different. There was a situation where a bomb was planted in a mall, in a big shopping center, and a phone call was made. A phone call was made to say, we planted a bomb in the shopping center, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go off soon. And people actually had the chance to get out. Unlike last night's murderous attack on innocent people last night's completely cowardly attack from a radical presumed islamic terrorist since isis has claimed the credit so manchester has seen terrorism all of england has seen terrorism And anybody who said, geez, uh, what a surprise, things have been so calm lately, seems to forget the bridge incident, seems to forget that England has, has had its terror alert set to the flashing red light level in, in the last, oh gosh, I guess the last year. England could not have had any higher of an alert if they tried. It was set to flashing red light This is not a drill. It's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. 
And there you have it. And last night, the results, well, they're, they're still changing. The results are, are heartbreaking. And yes, I want to play you some of the things the president said, because Donald Trump, who I have been critical of on this show, Donald Trump, who was not my first choice to this dance, he was higher on the list than Hillary Clinton. But Donald Trump, this morning, very early this morning, as I watched him speak, Donald Trump reminded me of George W. Bush when he spoke from the pile down at 9-11. And he said, I can hear you and the world will hear you soon, too. You remember that? I got chills when that moment happened. And this morning, President Trump actually gave me a chill, too. This morning, President Trump's words to the world, while they were not as pretty as the words that came out of Theresa May's mouth, the, the Prime Minister of England, they weren't, they weren't as well-crafted or as Englishly polished. Yes, that's a word, Englishly. I just made it up. While they were not as polished and pretty and, and artfully crafted, I thought they were powerful. And I, I'm proud to say that there were actually words from the left side of the aisle, words from people on MSNBC and CNN, places where you rarely get compliments for Donald Trump. You had people saying, that's right. What he said was right. What he said was the correct way to address this situation. And I thought, check the world. Did I wake up in an alternative universe? Is everything flipped upside down? And no, no, it was right. It was real. It was actually, it was actually remarkably accurate. And so I guess I'm kind of buoyed by this, you know? I guess I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of thrilled that, that the president actually said the right things, at least in terms of what I was expecting to hear him say. It was markedly different from what he said in terms of tone in his speech to the Arab nations. He was calm, and it made me think like he was off a teleprompter, and I believe the president may have spent some time preparing on this one. This was President Trump this morning. I extend my deepest condolences to those so terribly injured in this terrorist attack and to the many killed and the families, so many families of the victims. We stand in absolute solidarity with the people of the United Kingdom. So many young, beautiful, innocent people living and enjoying their lives murdered by evil losers in life. I won't call them monsters because they would like that term. They would think that's a great name. I will call them from now on losers because that's what they are. They're losers. And we'll have more of them. But they're losers. Just remember that. That, that one minute and four seconds of President Trump I thought was fantastic. And then he continued. 
This is what I've spent these last few days talking about during my trip overseas. Our society can have no tolerance for this continuation of bloodshed. We cannot stand a moment longer for the slaughter of innocent people. And in today's attack, it was mostly innocent children. The terrorists and extremists and those who give them aid and comfort must be driven out from our society forever. This wicked ideology must be obliterated, and I mean completely obliterated, and the innocent life must be protected. All innocent lives, life must be protected. Those two moments struck me as possibly the most presidential two moments of Donald Trump I have seen anywhere. Those two moments, those two moments at the time and place he would he was getting ready to speak with uh, Mahmoud Abbas, the Palestinian leader. And, you know, everything happens at a time for a reason, doesn't it? No coincidences. As we are as we are trying to bring peace to the Middle East, as this president is trying to be the ultimate deal maker and show everybody that this toughest deal ever, the one that everybody says nobody can get done, nobody can get the Israelis and the Palestinians together. Well, the table is set, I believe. And the table is set and added to it was the point that the tragic loss of lives, especially of children, the future of that uh, of, of England is cut short from the lives of so many of those kids taken away and, and those families that have now been rocked and will forever, will forever be changed by the act of, of one awful terrorist. And yes, we know he had help. We expect he had help. We believe he had help. I think this was a big moment for President Trump. I think this was a massive moment for President Trump. And again, I have been critical of the president, but I think his his plain speaking and unvarnished address to the world. I think this was more important than the 30 minutes he he spoke the other day with the 55 Arab leaders gathered. Yes, that was important. I'm not trying to diminish it. I'm trying to say this is a guy who came out as president and showed the world why, why so many people voted for him. Why so many folks said, here's the guy. There were, as I mentioned, there were liberal commentators this morning before six o'clock watching this and then commenting when asked, well, should he have said that? Should he call them losers? And these commenters said, uh, yes, he should have. Because the, the terrorists like to think they're going from loser to lion. They are told that if they kill themselves in the name of Allah by taking out some of the infidels and they lose their own life, they will be elevated from loser status to lion status. And the president just proved and, and pointed out that, no, they don't ever stop being losers and that we should never stop calling them losers. 
I was really impressed by him this morning. Really impressed. Now, what happens next? What happens next on this tour is obviously the question everybody's asking. What happens after the speech in Riyadh? What happens after the meetings with Abbas and the meetings with Netanyahu? And now he's just landed in in Rome. And what will come of the meetings with the Pope? Well, there's a, a lot to follow up on. There's a lot for the president to try and continue the momentum if he's getting any. And meanwhile, back home, meanwhile, back home in America, there's yet another series of hearings, right? There's another series of hearings that we have to get to, and we'll talk about John Brennan answering questions today. We got to get to that. I also want to share with you some of the words from Theresa May. Theresa May spoke this morning, and I, I think she did a fine job. She was not as brief as Trump, but she was spot on as well. We'll cover this. Uh, I have reached out to an expert on terror. I want to talk to a guy who, who uh, who has discussed terror and educated people on terror for 35 years. And he's going to speak with us a little bit later in the show. You're also welcome to join the conversation, 888-900-3393, Am I right on Trump? Did you feel it, or am I just giving him too much credit here? You can tell me. I can take it. And um, one of my Blaze colleagues pointed something out to me that we have to talk about tonight, something the Los Angeles Times actually printed the directions for this. Uh, If you know any Wiccans, you know what I'm talking about. We'll get to that. So Brennan's on deck. More on Trump. Theresa May. It's going to be a busy, busy day here on Pure Opelka. So uh, refill your glass, if you will. And let's meet back here after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back and uh, breaking news out of England. The police in England have identified the bomber as Salman Abedi, a 22-year-old man. The loser, Salman Abedi, 22 years old. And this means the Brits have released the name because they have either exhausted all the intel or they want to let... The ISIS people and the connections to Abedi know that they know who he is and they more than likely know who his connections are. There was a story of another man arrested earlier today, a 23-year-old man. So we'll find out more on this Salman Abedi, I'm sure, as things, things continue. There's a concern that there might be more attacks coming. 
And some of this relates to the fact that President Trump made such a strong statement in Riyadh when he spoke to the leaders of the Arab nations. So we'll get into that later when we talk to our terror expert. But I wanted to give you some of the thoughts from British Prime Minister Theresa May. Interestingly enough, Theresa May probably, a year ago, probably didn't think she was going to be the Prime Minister. But because of Brexit and the fact that her predecessor decided to leave early, Theresa May was thrust into the spotlight. So there she is today, the morning after a horrific attack that took the lives of 22 and possibly more citizens, most of them children, young people, teenagers, tweens, young adults. She stood outside of number 10 Downing Street today and said a couple of things I wanted to share with you. Here's the first part of her statement. At 10.33 last night, the police were called to reports of an explosion at Manchester Arena in Manchester City Centre near Victoria train station. We now know that a single terrorist detonated his improvised explosive device near one of the exits of the venue deliberately choosing the time and place to cause maximum carnage and to kill and injure indiscriminately. The explosion coincided with the conclusion of a pop concert, which was attended by many young families and groups of children. All acts of terrorism are cowardly attacks on innocent people, but this attack stands out for its appalling, sickening cowardice deliberately targeting innocent, defenseless children and young people who should have been enjoying one of the most memorable nights of their lives. As things stand, I can tell you that in addition to the attacker, 22 people have died and 59 people have been injured. Those who were injured are being treated in eight different hospitals across Greater Manchester. Many are being treated for life-threatening conditions. And we know that among those killed and injured were many children and young people. That's a, a powerful opening statement from the British Prime Minister. There was a response from the Queen as, as well. Theresa May talked about the threat level in the UK, which, as I mentioned, has been elevated for over a year. It's been at the impending attack level for over a year, basically a flashing red light. So they've had people under surveillance, but you just can't round people up. You just can't grab people and lock them up. But another terror attack, possibly, the prime minister addressed that as well. The threat level remains at severe. That means that a terrorist attack remains highly likely. But the Independent Joint Terrorism Analysis Centre, which sets the threat level on the basis of the intelligence available to them, will continue to assess this throughout today and in the days ahead. Later today, I will travel to Manchester to meet the Chief Constable of Greater Manchester Police, Ian Hopkins, the Mayor of Greater Manchester, Andy Burnham, and members of the emergency services who have come to Manchester's aid in its moment of need. And as I announced last night, the general election campaign has been suspended. I will chair another meeting of COBRA later today. They're getting ready to have yet another election in England, but the initial part of that has been suspended in light of this terror attack. 
I want to play you the very last bit of Theresa May's statement because I, I think it's as good as the first in the middle. And again, I played you Donald Trump's earlier. So I, I don't have time to get the whole thing in here. So we will we'll step aside when we come back. If there's an update on the identity of the gunman and, and more details, like I said, we now know the, the name of the loser is Salman Abedi, a 22-year-old man. I want to see if he's a British citizen or was he an ISIS implant? ISIS has claimed credit. We'll keep going on this. There's a whole lot more to uh, discuss, including what an expert is going to share with us about these terror attacks. Next, I'm Piero Pelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Piero Pelka. We are keeping an eye on the president, getting ready to exit Air Force One in Rome. He's got a busy schedule. He's going to be meeting with the Pope, having a sit down with the Pope. And uh, then also he's going to hang out and speak to, I mentioned yesterday, he's going to speak to the Roman government because he was in Rome. He's not speaking with, there is no Roman government. There's Italian government. I was just speaking loosely. A couple of you lost lost your sanity. I'm like, where's the Roman government? Are you back in time? No, yes, he's done time travel, of course. Uh, we have been talking about the latest news out of, um, out of England as regards the bombing, the horrific bombing, and this now-identified bomber, Salman Abedi. We still need to know more about him. I'm sure that's forthcoming. Uh, and I want to know about the guy they grabbed, the 23-year-old guy who they called someone related. Now, there is a, a report out there that says no links have been found between the bomber and terror groups. However, ISIS claimed he was one of theirs this morning. So as, as the business day wraps up in London right now, it's like 530-something in London, um, they're, they're still going to be working all night. But they're saying, initially, no links between the bomber and terror groups. Well, that kind of bomb requires sophistication. That kind of a bomb to create that kind of havoc and kill that many people. Unless this guy was a a genius, he had to have some kind of help. So we'll find out. There'll be more on this. Theresa May, the prime minister, impressed me. She stood in front of number 10 Downing Street this morning and spoke to the press and the world. And I think the end of her statement, the end of her statement was was probably the most powerful thing that I heard today. Um, she she made a, a few remarks to to the press, and she did she did not use the same terms that President Trump used when when he called them losers, but she did she did make some pretty clear statements about the people who who perpetrated the attacks. This is the very end of what she said. 
At least I thought it was the very end of what she said. I'm getting the pinwheel. At terrible moments like these, it is customary for leaders, politicians and others to condemn the perpetrators and declare that the terrorists will not win. But the fact that we have been here before and the fact that we need to say this again does not make it any less true. For as so often while we experienced the worst of humanity in Manchester last night, we also saw the best. The cowardice of the attacker met the bravery of the emergency services and the people of Manchester. The attempt to divide us met countless acts of kindness that brought people closer together. And in the days ahead, those must be the things we remember. The images we hold in our minds should not be those of senseless slaughter, but of the ordinary men and women who put concerns about their own safety to one side and rushed to help. Of the men and women of the emergency services who worked tirelessly to bring comfort and to save lives. Of the messages of solidarity and hope of all those who opened their homes to the victims. For they are the images that embody the spirit of Manchester and the spirit of Britain. A spirit that through years of conflict and terrorism has never been broken and will never be broken. There will be difficult days ahead. We offer our thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of those affected. We offer our full support to the authorities, the emergency and the security services as they go about their work. And we all, every single one of us, stand with the people of Manchester at this terrible time. And today, let us remember those who died and let us celebrate those who helped safe in the knowledge that the terrorists will never win and our values our country and our way of life will always prevail and she turns and walks back towards number 10 downing street pretty powerful right i i thought she was spectacular i thought trump was terrific today and i think those two statements Those are the bookends of how we should treat this situation. The stiff upper lip resolve of the Brits and the clear speaking of the president calling the terrorists the losers. Uh, To me, this was the most presidential the president has been. And uh, Theresa May continues to surprise and impress. Now, there was another side of this that I thought needed to be shared with you. And you probably heard some of this already, and maybe you haven't heard it from this point of view. Last night, as this was all unfolding, as people were still being hauled off to hospitals, as victims were being discovered wherever they were hiding, sometimes inside the stadium, or just being collected outside as they managed to get out in the crush of the crowds trying to get through those tiny exits with 20,000-plus people coming out of a sold-out venue. There were parents looking for their kids. And one mom in particular was on the phone with CNN, which, it's whatever you want to think, it seems kind of bizarre that that mom would get on the phone with CNN, and yet CNN is a global arena. She was talking with Don Lemon, 
Now, if she's talking to Don Lemon, it's going to be probably around 10 o'clock at night, our time, which means it was 3 o'clock in the morning, a full five hours after this horrific episode had taken place. And in those five hours, this mom was unable to find her child. She had tried and tried and tried. Her explanation is, is heartbreaking. She went to the concert with her friend, um, spoke to her just before 10 o'clock. She was enjoying herself. Um, and we've not heard anything from her since. Uh, we've, been, we've phoned hospitals. We've phoned everywhere we can think. We've posted it on every social network. And there's nothing, there's no news of her. She's now registered as a missing person. To be a mom and to have to register your child as a missing person when at, at 10 o'clock, just before 10, you had actually talked to her on the phone as she was enjoying the concert with her friends. That mom, that mom must have been going through hell. She said they tried all the hospitals. There were eight that had taken victims. They tried the hotels because many of the hotels were offering rooms to the kids. The mom continued, and, and it gets even tougher to hear. It's the most horribly feeling ever. To know that your daughter's there, you can't find her, you don't know if she's dead or alive. And I don't know how people can do this to innocent children. I don't either. I don't either understand how any human being could do this to an innocent human being, especially a child. And I wondered, I said, well, maybe, maybe this mom's kid is, is one of those who met a stranger that took them in. And I talked to our friend Angie Austin, who is a mom with three kids. And I said, you know, maybe the kids, maybe the kids staying with someone that, that she doesn't know. She's a little bit shell-shocked and she dropped her phone in the rush. And Angie reminded me, well, there are plenty of phones around and there are internet connections everywhere and the kid could have gotten a message home. It's going to be a very difficult, difficult thing to try and understand going to step away but when we get back i want to play for you the statement of one mom who was at the concert with her child one mom who was there when the bomb went off one mom who grabbed her child and managed to get out and in the crush of the exit and her explanation she showed some incredible strength savvy and i guess what you would call the tiger mom principles I'll share her her amazing and short story with you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Yes, it works. Yes, it works. It works for me. I'm in my 10th week of painkiller free, both over the counter or prescription painkillers. I don't take any of them. And I used to do it almost every day, virtually every day, taking a handful of those green gels 
that say they reduce inflammation and pain. Well, I don't need them anymore because I take relief factor. I actually do take it morning, noon, and night, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I got the three-week quick start pack for nineteen ninety-five. I started taking it immediately. This was just over 10 weeks ago. I'm in my 10th week now. Eight days into it, I started feeling relief. My, my knees weren't killing me. I didn't have to take any pain relief. I'm, I'm more active. I'm walking more. I'm actually out. The, the good news is I'm more active. The bad news is I'm now expected to go out and pull more weeds in the garden. But the other good news is I can still do it. All natural relief factor. Check it out. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Go ahead. Get your fingers dirty. Go out and dig in the garden because it doesn't hurt anymore. Relieffactor.com. Don't wait like I did. Get the three-week quick start pack for nineteen ninety-five. Relief Factor, 800-500-8384. Before we went away, I was talking about the moms, and I played you the heartbreaking sound of the, the mother whose daughter disappeared, and she had just talked to her. She had just spoken to her just before the bomb went off, and then... For the next five hours before that call went into CNN, she had tried everything. You can't imagine how frustrating that must be, the the pain that mother must feel. And she knows that out of the 20,000 people in that concert, 22 of them are currently deceased. And there might be a few more who are in such critical condition, they can't speak. So she's got to wonder if her child was among them. Well, there was one mom whose daughter was by her side. And this mother was taking the daughter out of the building with her. And she was talking about what her daughter was feeling, what her daughter was experiencing and saying to, to the mom as all this was going on. And I just think this, this little 30 seconds delivers one of the more interesting profiles of a person. And it really shows how, how this mom gets it. And it also, it also points out some of the things we need to understand and some of the things that we need to be wary of. This is one of the British moms who was talking about getting her daughter through the crowd after the bomb went off. She's just petrified that whoever did this would come to the house or would go to her school. She's just... She's devastated for her to, at 10 years old to witness something like that. It's just horrific. Yeah. People just pushing and trying to get out, and I was screaming at people to stop pushing because my daughter was being crushed. For children to see their idols and then have this then impacting the rest of their lives is disgusting. These people are cowards. They're just sick cowards. Think of all of the emotions wrapped up in that little 30-second clip. She talks about the fact of how she has to be in the role of the parent and counsel her child and tell her child whose whose natural instinct is to say, if they came to the concert that we go to, wouldn't they also come to our school? Wouldn't they also come to our homes? And that mom has to answer that question. And then she has to have her tiger mom claws on and try and protect that child as they're trying to get out of there as the crush of humanity is pushing through the tiny, tiny entrances and exits of an arena. 
so many times in situations like this, stampeding injures more people than the actual bombs. And we don't know how many of the people injured were actually injured when folks were trying to get the hell out of there and get away from what could have been another bomb going off. And then she talks with incredible clarity about those people, the people who would hurt young innocents like her 10-year-old daughter and the fact that her daughter's going to now have that, that horrible memory associated with her favorite pop star, who the mom called her, her hero, but she's going to have that associated with, with Ariana Grande and, and maybe music and maybe concerts for the rest of her life. The mom correctly identified these people, these terrorists, these losers, as Donald Trump would call them, as cowards. And that's exactly what they are. What a remarkable person. I, I, I marvel at all of you parents. I marvel at your ability to be able to raise kids and to raise them through times like this. It's, it's just amazing. This mom gets it. This mom decided to go to the concert with her 10-year-old and decided to share that experience with her. The kid was probably so small she was standing on the chair to watch the show. That was some of the reports we got. There's more from, from last night. And when we get back, I'm hoping to speak with Kevin Malott. Kevin's a security expert who knows about this stuff. Kevin's uh, a guy who, who has much knowledge to share. And we will share that with you just around the corner on Pure Opelka. Opelka. With Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Second hour, Puro Pelka. We are following any updates out of the London story. The breaking news is that they have arrested a person in connection with the terror attack and they have identified the bomber. And uh, there are sources being reported on a couple of news outlets saying no connections to organized terror. And yet ISIS is claiming a connection to organized terror. Yeah, ISIS is claiming this guy is one of their own. Uh, last hour, we played for you the comments from the president and uh, the comments from the British prime minister. In tone, different, different styles, tone and style varied, but uh, both, both were strong statements, I believe. So going forward, um, what do we think about calling these, these terrorists and people like Salman Abedi. What do we think about calling them losers? I'm all for it. And I mentioned some on the left side of the media were all for it. And yet David Korn, the guy who, I think he's got a parking space with his name on it at MSNBC because he is there so often. He is, in, in some ways, he looks to me to be the ventriloquist dummy for Chris Matthews, because he's there all the time and he's a diminutive person physically. And I think you could kind of see him sitting on Chris Matthews lap 
and Matthews with his hand up the back and moving his mouth. But David Korn tweeted uh, this this morning, does Trump really think calling terrorist murderers, terrorist murderers, losers means anything? Yes, uh, I, I think he does. And I agree with him. I actually think it's it's a good idea. And other people jumped on David Korn saying, yeah, why don't you? Another person said, yeah, right in front of uh, Abbas, too. He continually, he being Trump, continually makes Trump, uh, Obama look weak on this, which he so was. David Korn again stating, does Trump really think calling terrorist murderers losers means anything? Yeah. Several people, Jeff, Jeff McIrish on Twitter tweeted back, I'll take Trump's reaction over Barack Obama's arming and funding of ISIS every time, you moron. Well said, Mr. McIrish. Mr. Stubborn said, do liberals really think ignoring Islamic terrorism for the threat it really is solves the problem? Well done, sir. (laughs) Well done, Mr. Stubborn on Twitter. If you wish to react on Twitter, you're welcome to at StuntBrain. I think we're wrapping up yesterday's vital question of the day. We asked you if how you felt about how you felt about um, taking the fifth, as we saw the the story come out yesterday that said that uh, General Flynn, Michael Flynn, was planning on taking the fifth and not going to be answering any questions or turning over any documents. And the majority of you answered that, uh, that you agreed with me, that you felt as if the taking the fifth makes Michael Flynn look guilty. 51% of you agreed with that. Like Lois Lerner, there's still four hours left, so you can still vote. 37% say no, and 12% say you can't decide. So it's kind of split, isn't it? Interesting, interesting comments on, on some of these. We will... We will check in at the end of the show to see how we're doing on that. But jump on Twitter, at StuntBrain, and join the conversation here. I'm waiting for, I think he's almost here. I put a call out to Kevin Malott, who's the president of Erase Enterprises. He's a guy with over three decades of work in, in public safety. And he's a guy who understands terror threats. He's a guy who gets it, I guess is the way to say this. And Kevin, I asked Kevin if he would uh, he would spend some time with us today to talk about what happened and uh, going forward, what's happening. He's he's a good guy, go to security expert. And I think he's on the phone right now. Kevin, I was just singing your praises about your work that you've done in this field. And I'm I'm wondering when we look back on the last 18 hours, or is it even 18 hours now? It's about 15 hours since this attack. Did we learn anything new? Is there is there anything new out there? Yeah, well, I learn something new every day, but I do try to pay attention to it. Well, as a guy who has looked at public safety for a couple of decades now, a couple of three decades, a guy who has, who has dealt with this and, and looked at keeping us safe, is there anything we should learn or take away from this recent attack? Well, the big picture is we still need to have a conversation of, you know, what are we willing to give up on civil liberties from an intelligence collection point to stop this stuff from happening versus 
how much are we willing to put up with if something happens? You know, if you look at the last probably 15 attacks, every single time the guys that carried out the attacks had already been in contact with law enforcement. You know, they're on the radar screen. But because of our civil liberties, and the bad guys exploit this, by the way, you know, you can't just arrest them because you think they're up to something. You've got to have an investigation with probable cause and all that. And we have had a real ongoing battle with what the public wants the government to do regarding intercepts of phone calls and listening in and emails and all that versus don't let anything happen. So we need to have that a better political conversation at the top. But the second point is we need to get our public to really understand what this is about. We have to take care of the ideology, and that's actually what's going on in the Middle East right now. The president meeting with the 50 leaders of the uh, the uh, major Islamic countries and, and so forth the other day. That's that's all bad news for the terrorists, and they know it. They know what's coming. We're gonna we're gonna take them off the battlefield. Um, ISIL is the first group to ever hold a geographic area. You know, the rest of the terrorists hide out and do their attacks in the dark of the night, but they've actually never held ground. ISIL has, but now they're losing it. They're losing the oil fields where they were making money. They're losing the antiquities that they were selling on the black market. So they're going to start doing more attacks. They're going to go more traditional because the attacks is how they get more recruits and raise fundraising from the extremist crowd. So this is something bigger that's coming down the road, and we're just going to have to take out the ideology, and that's going to give some bumps in the road on the way. We're talking to Kevin Malott. He is the president of Erase Enterprises. He's a guy who studied the conundrum of dealing with uh, international terror as we are facing now. Kevin, do you think, in your estimation, that the attack yesterday could have been related to the president's address and scaring after he scared some of the leaders of ISIL. And uh, when you get 55 Muslim country leaders together and you start talking about crushing ISIL uh, and wiping them out together uh, as, as a unified front, do you think that there could have been a reaction there? Well, it, there is, but it's, it's a much further out reaction. So, for example, I'm looking at a book right now. I have a manual, a training manual. It's for ISIL operatives in the United States, how not to get picked up by the authorities. Okay, it's how to carry out planning and carry out missions and attacks without getting caught before you do it. So they wrote a book about that. They have a training program for their guys, and this has been out for over a year. So they they are well advanced knowing what's coming their way, and they've been trying to adapt to this. Um, and, of course, we've had plenty of attacks in the U.S. We've had a lot of attacks that never took place. But the public doesn't really know about it because because an arrest was made before something occurred. But it's going to add to it. There's no question. They're not going to close up shop and go away because the Arab countries are getting in on this now. They're going to fight all the way down tooth and nail to the very end. So we have we have two different areas. We have the strategic mentality, taking out the ideology and their recruitment and their funding. But we also have to deal with the on-the-street safety and security issues that the public faces from routine attacks from them, let alone what they might do in the coming year as things get real dire for them. Well, um, but, but you know, also our public needs to learn to think. If you really want to understand, you've got to start understanding how the terrorists view it. We have good people saying, why would they attack a concert with children? If I'm a, if I'm a bad guy in ISIL, it's a Western female from America who doesn't dress appropriately. Her tour is called the Dangerous Woman Tour, she sings suggestive lyrics that we don't agree with, and all these people going there are going to a decadent entertainment deal that we don't think is right. It's the same mentality as why they hit the Bataclan in Paris, 
and and why they hit the soccer game in Paris because they don't believe in false worship. And every soccer player in Paris is on all the buses and billboards and everywhere else are idolized. So you have to understand they think differently than we do on target acquisition. And then the last point, you hit a target full of kids, that's going to be in the news for the next three years. They're going to have stories following all these kids through rehab. They're going to have all these stories going on and on and on about this and talk shows and everything else. So from a perspective of a terrorist, that is a good target because we'll get a lot of media coverage for the next 36 months. That's uh, so accurate. You know, you you bring great analysis here. His name is Kevin Malott. He is a an expert in this field. Kevin, is there a way for us to follow you and uh, keep up on what you're writing about and speaking about? Yeah, we have a website. It's erase, E-R-A-S-E dot com. Like erase the problem. So sure. erase.com is our website. We actually are in the process of redoing the website. We're going to have a new blog coming up pretty soon for the public to follow stuff that's going on. But there's at that point, there's a contact. People have questions. They can send us in a contact uh, button there and send us in an email. We'll, we'll do our best to get back to them. Uh, but this is not going to go away. And, you know, you got to remember, they put out a videotape. I still put out a videotape of stadiums and targets and meetings and events and things that they want to strike in the Western world. That came out just a couple months ago. That's what prompted us to issue the travel warning on May 1st that we knew Europe was a high-threat target. And the U.K.'s at severe. They had their terrorist level as high as possible. I was kind of shaking my head last night when people said there was no advanced warning. I'm like, your country has had its alert level as high as it can possibly get, which means an attack is imminent for a year. But, you know, the general public, they don't have it happen to them, and three days later they forget about it, you know, but, but... We've been trying to tell people it's going to happen, and I think there will be several more coming yet because of the nature of the pressure that's on, the, on both al-Qaeda and ISIL as well. Well, I hope I hope to God you're wrong, but we do have to remain vigilant. Thank you, Kevin Malat. We appreciate your expertise and your your constant attention to this issue. Have a, have a great rest Thank of your day. Thank you very day. much. There he goes. Uh, anyone else get a little chill when Kevin Malat starts ticking off the details? Anyone else get a little bit of a why weren't we paying attention to why targets like this concert are going to be so attractive to people like like the the terrorist who blew up so many young people? Didn't even think about all those things. I, I want to get a copy of his book that they have or, or the book that was published by ISIL, as he calls him. Most of us call him ISIS. He uses the the ISIL acronym, How Not to Get Picked Up by the Local Authorities. I want to see that book. I wonder if Glenn Beck has seen that. So many, so many things to worry about. And especially when you say, why kids, why kids? And Kevin Malat said, well, if you can hit a target and kill that many kids, it's going to be in the news for the next few years. Yeah, it's a little chilling, isn't it? Let's step aside and take a break. When we get back, we'll update you on what's going on today. There is another hearing that happened. Some of it interesting, some of it boring as hell. And again, if they would just take my advice and hold these hearings standing up, they would last about 11 minutes. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I'll get into that. We might not have time. Maybe we need to go into some kooky news. Give us a little breather from the terror world. Why don't we do that next? I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Stepping away from some of the depressing news of the day. And, and if anything changes or anything breaks in the story around the terror attack in London. And, and I have to tell you, I'm, I'm more than a little concerned. Those of you who know me and listen to this show know that our favorite tennis player happens to be in Paris this week. Young Riley Opelka, my nephew, who is 19, is in Paris. And I called his dad this morning and said, um, what is the State Department doing to alert the American tennis players and the, uh, the Americans who happen to be in Paris for this big tournament? What's the State Department doing to keep everybody apprised? And, and my brother said, you know, that's a good question. Because I'm sure this tennis tournament is like, just like a, a concert. It's going to be a target. And as, uh, as Mr. Malat said, there are people who will, who will, radical Islamists, who will see these kind of events as an affront to their faith, as an insult. So I wonder. So we're, we're hoping to find out. And for the record, Young Riley won his first round qualifying match yesterday. He's not playing today. Tomorrow I might be distracted. Or, or it might be uh, time for me not to make plans to fly to Paris. But if he gets in, guess what? I'm flying to Paris. I want to see him play at least the first round of, of that tournament. Now back to the weird news. Dave Urbanski writes at The Blaze. Dave Urbanski is a guy I've known as a colleague at TheBlaze.com for a few years. And Dave has found, just in the last couple of years, some of the most unusual stories ever. And some of the ones that make you shake your head and want to grab people by the collar and go, are you kidding me? Cut it out. Today, Dave put this up just as we were getting ready to uh, start the show. And the headline of the story is, Teachers Give... Most likely not to pay attention award to girl with ADD, and it costs them dearly. I couldn't believe this story. How do you not know? How do you not know? It's the story of a young girl who came home at the end of the school year, and she wanted to show her mom the award that she was given at school. Nicole Edwards is the mom who saw her 14-year-old's award when she came home from Memorial Middle School in Conyers, Georgia. And Nicole Edwards got furious when she saw the award, which said, and and it looks like a big award. It looks like something to be pretty cool. It's got a big Lucite star, and it looks like, hey, look, you got something great from school. And then you read the plaque that says, most likely to not pay attention. They gave it to her during a school assembly. So in front of everybody else, your daughter is called up on stage and be given an award that says you are the most likely to not pay attention. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing on any level. Whether you're an adult or or you're a middle schooler, especially tough, I'm sure, if you're in middle school, Compounding the problem here, Ms. Edwards' daughter has attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, in other words, ADHD. 
And she got the award about not being able to pay attention. What makes it even worse is uh, mom said her daughter was initially voted, quote, most likely to ask a question that has already been answered, which she said that was inappropriate. And then seeing the most likely not to pay attention made her even angrier. Humiliating, degrading, derogatory. These are all the words that come to mind. What about the teachers who gave her the award? Well, they will not be returning to school next year. So uh, while I can be mad at the school for letting this happen, and you have to wonder who the hell came up with this award to embarrass a middle schooler, I have to salute the mom who stood up and demanded that the common sense and, and concern and courtesy own the day. And I, I have to salute the school for actually saying, we're not going to let this happen. These teachers are not coming back. So good for you, mom. Good for you, school. And teachers, I wonder if they're going to give themselves an award. I have an award I'd like to give them. Although, well, never mind. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I'm so happy so many of you are uh, tuned in. I, I, I made the mention of the fact that I wondered what the State Department is doing to alert people like my young nephew who's in Paris and will hopefully be there for, for at least another week as he's trying to get into the French Open. Things don't always work out, and uh, you hope he, he gets it done. Um, but uh, one of you wrote, uh, one of our frequent members of the vast and unpaid resource department, Paul wrote, the State Department does nothing. It is on travelers to check with them for updates. Yeah, that's a good point, but I tend to think when you have a, a group like a bunch of American tennis players who might be out and about representing the country, in a fashion, even though they are pros, I'll bet you they get a little extra attention because, you know, they're high-profile athletes. I don't want to go back to the situation that we saw at, in Munich at the Olympics when, when you had a horrific situation. And uh, one day we should do a, a whole piece on that. We should do a deep dive on that, and we will. So uh, we're just keeping an eye on things today. Uh, there was a hearing earlier today, and the House was speaking on on the subject of the ongoing investigations. Was there collusion? Was there anybody inside the Trump campaign that was colluding with the Russians, trying to 
swing our elections the way of the of the Russians. Well, we know the Russians wanted to have the elections go the way they wanted them to go. We know the Russians didn't like Hillary Clinton. We know the Russians preferred Trump, the deal maker, over Hillary Clinton, the career politician. That's just a fact of life. So we're going to investigate this until we all die and nothing's going to get done. Yes, I know the Trump White House submitted yet another budget. And yes, I know that they are allegedly, supposedly working on tax reform. But we have these ongoing, they're almost show trials, but they're not really trials. And what they show me is really that uh, Trey Gowdy really should be in charge of more than just one committee. Trey Gowdy, I still think, would be the best pick for the FBI because he'd be no nonsense. Trey Gowdy was talking to John Brennan today and asked him if he saw any evidence of collusion. Trey Gowdy kind of grilled him pretty solidly. And I want to walk through this. It's about two minutes long, and I'm going to stop and start it. But this is Trey Gowdy and why I think a lot of people would be very, very nervous if Trey Gowdy was head of the FBI. People would pay attention and probably do the right thing more often. Did you see evidence of collusion, coordination, conspiracy between Donald Trump and Russian state actors? I saw information intelligence that was worthy of investigation by the Bureau to determine whether or not such cooperation or conclusion uh, was taking place. That doesn't help us a lot. What was the nature of the information? As I said, Mr. Gowdy, I think this committee now has access to the type of information that I'm alluding to here. It's classified, and uh, um, I'm happy to talk about it in classified session. And that would have been directly between the candidate and Russian state actors? That's not what I said. I'm not going to talk but, about any but individuals. That was my qu- but that was my question, and, and, and you answered it. You didn't answer it that way. Uh, no, I, yeah, I responded to your query. Uh, I'm not going to respond to particular elements of your question because I think it would be inappropriate for me to do so here. So, so I can only repeat what I said, which is that I was aware of intelligence and information uh, about contacts uh, between Russian officials and U.S. persons that raised concerns in my mind about whether or not those individuals were cooperating with the Russians either in a witting or unwitting fashion, and that served as the basis for the FBI investigation to determine whether such collusion uh, cooperation uh, occurred. Does anybody wonder why the majority of America wants to drain the swamp? Because nobody can answer a question directly. Nobody can give you a straight answer on anything. Nobody can actually say, yeah, that's a good idea. Yes, that's exactly what I saw. Yeah, why? Why, why, why? Why can't we, why can't we get a straight answer here? I would love for that to happen. And Gowdy tries and tries again. Here he comes back at him one more time. All right. Well, there, there are a bunch of words that start with C floating around. I ask you about collusion, coordination, and conspiracy, and you use the word contact. And, and I, I think in a previous answer, you did a really good job of, of establishing that contact could be uh, benign or not benign. So was it contact that you saw? Was it something more than contact? What is the nature of what you saw? Can you sense the frustration in Trey Gowdy's voice? I feel it. And I'm, I'm halfway up the beltway here, halfway to New York City. 
And I can feel the frustration. And this is how Brennan replied to that. I saw interaction and aware of interaction that, again, raised questions in my mind about what was the true nature of it. But I don't know. I, have, I don't have sufficient information to make a determination whether or not such cooperation or complicity or collusion was taking place. But I know that there was a basis to have individuals pull those threads. All right, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you saw something that led you to refer it to law enforcement. And in your judgment, it is up to law enforcement to test, probe, corroborate, contradict, otherwise investigate uh, the full nature of that information you passed on. Is that a fair way to put it? Yes, it is, because it's not CIA's job to make a determination about whether a U.S. person is cooperating, colluding, or whatever in some type of criminal or illegal matter. It is our responsibility to give the Bureau everything that they need in order to follow that path and make such a determination and recommendation if they want to press charges. All right. This is going on. This is what happened in D.C. today, this morning. This is what we spent valuable time with all these guys in their committees. And uh, somewhere I have, I have Congressman Schiff. The guy who always has, oh, he's got like the resting angry face. Congressman Schiff, a Democrat, asked, asked Brennan about evidence. And I have to pull that up for you and, and, and play that for you because that, that statement alone should be enough to say, okay, we're done screwing around with these hearings. We're done now. We just need to shut this down. We don't need to be spending any more time on this. We should be doing the work that people sent here to Washington to do. But no, we're not doing that. Brennan was asked basically why, why, why he does this. And he has a pretty eloquent answer. But I don't know if it justifies any of this circus that's going on right now. Sir, <clears throat> because for the last 241 years, this, this nation and its citizens have cherish the freedom and liberty that this country was founded upon. Many, many Americans, brave Americans over the years, have lost their lives to be able to protect that freedom and liberty. They've lost their lives also to protect the, the freedom and liberties of other countries and other peoples around the world. Uh, our ability to choose our elected leaders as we see fit is, I believe, an inalienable right that we must protect with all of our resources and all of our authority and power. And I support him on that. I agree with him on that. But at some point, if there is no evidence, we need to carry on with our jobs and do our jobs. You know, there, there is a statement, You're, you can indict a ham sandwich. And these guys in Congress seem to be proving that. Brennan continues with why he does this. And the fact that the Russians uh, tried to influence that election so that the will of the American people was not going to be realized uh, by that election, I find outrageous and something that we need to, with every last ounce of devotion to this country, resist and to try to act to prevent further instances of that. And so, therefore, I believe that this is something that's critically important to every American. It's certainly, I, it's very important to me for my children and grandchildren to make sure that never again will a foreign country try to uh, uh, influence and interfere in uh, the foundation stone of this country, which is uh, electing our democratic leaders. What Brennan said there was Russia tried. 
Russia tried. He didn't say Russia achieved it. He said Russia tried. Couldn't we say the same thing of America? America tried to alter the election results in Israel when Barack Obama's foundation was funding some of the support for the opposition to Benjamin Netanyahu. America tried to interfere in the French elections and may have when Barack Obama campaigned and endorsed Macron. Couldn't we say the same thing? So, Mr. Brennan, respectfully, sir, shouldn't we ask America to stop doing the same thing that we're so apoplectic about the Russians trying to do? Wouldn't it be the right thing to do if we don't want Russia to do it? Shouldn't we lead by example and stop doing it ourselves? I'm just saying, sir. And where was the investigation when Barack Obama told the Russian prime minister that he would have more flexibility after the election. Where the hell was the investigation then? We have the video. You actually have evidence. It's very frustrating, isn't it? And it's also a gigantic waste of time and money. And again, if they held the meeting standing up, these entire hearings would last 11 minutes and we would get the same results that we have now. I'm taking a break. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, we do have uh, some some news that's uh, in the odd news department. We also have some updates from around the world as the president's on the ground in Rome and he'll have his big meeting. I think the big meeting with the Pope is tomorrow. Although the president did tell us that the Israelis and the Palestinians are ready for peace. Do you know, do you know what it would do to the left if Donald Trump could be the ultimate deal maker and bring the Israelis and Palestinians together? Do you know the kind of spin out that would happen? Because they would have to give Trump, they would absolutely have to give Trump the Nobel Peace Prize. If Obama got it for doing nothing, which he did. Trump would have to get it. They would just have to send it to him. He wouldn't have to even show up at Stockholm. They'd have to send him the prize. Just here you go. Good job, sir. It would kill the left. There would be a a mass suicide on the left if Donald Trump would win the Nobel Peace Prize if he puts together the Israelis and the Palestinians. It would be the ultimate art of the deal, the biggest deal ever. Now, it's, it's really tough. It's going to be a a very tough deal to make it happen. And yet, Trump is claiming. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. Did you happen to stay up late last night and watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert? Two people who should be sending thank you baskets to Donald Trump 
were were together on TV last night. Two people who should be saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, Mr. Trump. Rachel Maddow stopped by the, um, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert and talked about, she was kind of surprised where Trump decided to go on his first trip. It is strange that his first trip abroad is to Saudi Arabia. Really? Really that strange? Uh, the Saudis did 9-11. He said all this stuff about Saudi Arabia. But t- whoa, 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 whoa. The Saudis did 9-11? Did you hear that? Rachel Maddow just said the Saudis did 9-11? Yes, some of the hijackers were, were from Saudi Arabia. Okay, a majority of the Saudi, of the hijackers on 9-11 were Saudis, but the Saudi government did not do 9-11. Rachel Maddow seems to think that they did. Uh, the Saudis did 9-11. He no. said all this stuff about Saudi Arabia, but technically a president is su- sort of supposed to use the first trip to pay tribute to our closest allies. And so usually it's to like, you know, the UK. Technically, the president is sort of supposed to. Did, what, what, can anyone diagram that sentence for me? First here, let's go back to blaming the Saudis. Uh, the Saudis did 9-11. He no. said all this stuff about Saudi Arabia, but technically a president is su- sort of supposed to use the first trip. To- sort of supposed to. Technically, the president is sort of supposed to. Says who? When were you president? Tribute to our closest allies. And so usually it's to like, you know, the UK. He's, he's got close ties with the UK. What the president did with the Muslim leaders was monumental. And it's killing the left. You don't get to make your own news anymore. At this point, the news of the Trump administration is the news of people investigating it. I don't think she understands what she's saying. But I do think both of these people, Colbert and Trump, should every day get up and thank Donald Trump for being president because their entire rise in the ratings is because their people, their wounded snowflakes, needed a place to go. And now they've elevated them in the ratings. Send the fruit basket, Colbert and Maddow. It's the right thing to do. We'll be right back. Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. I uh, <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> Welcome back to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I truly wish one day, one day we could share with you all of the insanity that happens here when we are listening to the news. Even though Shamant says no, uh-uh, uh-uh. Today is National Lucky Penny Day. Do you believe in good luck? Do you believe in lucky charms? Do you have a, a lucky charm you keep with you, something you carry with you in your pocket or something that's in your bag? And if you see a coin on the ground, do you pick it up? Sometimes people say, well, it costs me more time. If my time is valuable, that it it would cost me more time to stop and pick it up. Well, 
National Lucky Penny Day. I will pick up a coin if it's face up. If it's face down, I won't. Does that make me superstitious? I'd always heard that the the face up coins are good luck. The face down coins are not good luck. Just one of those odd little things. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Where do you stand on this? On luck or good luck? Or do you have a talisman you carry with you? And somebody will undoubtedly say, I'll bet you there are people among the killed or injured yesterday who thought good luck was there. I don't know about that. Some people think there is luck out there. It's also the day that saltwater taffy was invented. In 1883 in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And I don't mind a little bit of saltwater taffy. I just don't like it now. When you go in and you buy saltwater taffy in the in the area here, because Delaware is close enough to Atlantic City, that you get saltwater taffy from the people in the region. But it's still got, it's all got uh, high fructose corn syrup in it. And come on. Can't you just make the salt? Do we need the high fructose corn syrup? I know you're trying to save pennies here and there, but how much can you really be saving? Seriously, how much can you save? All right, I'll, I'll calm down about the high fructose corn syrup, but I'm telling you people, high fructose corn syrup, and you'll see tomorrow, we talk to uh, Dr. Jorge returns tomorrow. Of course, it's Wellness Wednesday. And I know he wants to talk about the Ebola outbreak. I know that uh, Dr. Jorge and I are both obsessed with Ebola. I, for different reasons than Dr. Jorge, he's at it from a scientist standpoint. I'm I'm obsessed with it because uh, uh, I'm paranoid that it's going to come here. But we'll talk to Dr. Jorge and I will get him to reiterate why, why, why. The uh, high fructose corn syrup is probably one of the biggest awful things that we could easily get rid of in our lives. And, and the world would be much better. The world and our, our overall health would be much better. Oh, boy. Got to get I got to I got to get out of the uh, got to get out of the angry Mike thing. I, I watch the reports on these kids who were killed and I just get very upset. I get very upset by it, and, and I hope you would understand why. I hope you would understand exactly why we get upset, because we've been warned. We were warned ahead of time. We knew this was coming. We knew this was happening. We knew these bad people were out there. And yet, you can't just round up everybody. Did you, did you not hear earlier today when we, we talked with a security expert who told us everything we needed to know about the attacks and, and why we should expect them to continue, why we have to be realistic and say, yes, yes, we understand that this is part of our life going forward. If you didn't, we're pulling the clip and you'll be able to download it. And I ask you to please download this show and share it with your friends. This is one of the ways we grow the show and we keep the show uh, on in its current spot and actually uh, expanding its reach. I did mention um, yesterday, but uh, in just about a week and two days, I'll be 
filling in for Glenn Beck on the Blaze Radio Network. And we're going to keep doing this show. So don't think you're, you're going to get me doing Glenn from 9 to noon, his time, sl- his time slot. Yes, I can speak. And then uh, skipping out, we're going to do six hours of radio next uh, week, from, a week from this one, Thursday and Friday. We're going to do six hours of radio and give you uh, maximum pure Opelka, both the National Beck Show and then, then this usual show. So you're not getting shortchanged. You're getting a double dose. I'm just saying. Um, I, need to, I need to find the right spot to talk about what's happening tonight at, at midnight. And maybe this is the, the place to talk about it. The, the Los Angeles Times featured a story that one of my cohorts at TheBlaze.com sent to me. The Los Angeles Times has an op-ed today from someone named Diana Wagman. And the op-ed is instructing people on how to cast a spell on the president. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's witchcraft, right? And there's a headline here that said, I put a spell on you, Mr. President. And there's a highlighted text from within the story that says, quote, I don't believe in the devil, but I do believe our country has gone to hell and I'm willing to try anything to save us. Really? So you don't believe in the devil, but you would like to cast a spell on the president. Ms. Wagman claims that thousands of witches, believers, and people like her all over the world performed a spell to bind Donald Trump and all those who abet him, in quotes. A spell to bind Donald Trump and all those abet him. And they did this under the waning crescent moon last month. I guess that's the best time for spelling. So tonight's spell session, because we are under the waning crescent moon, that's when you're supposed to do it, at midnight tonight. The um, instructions were posted on the website Medium by Michael M. Hughes, a, a writer and magician. A writer and magician named Michael M. Hughes. And wh- what you have to do here is gather all the elements of, uh, of the spell and you have to put it together. So let me give you the elements of the spell. Because you, you might want to do this and you might want to put a spell on the people putting a spell on the president if you're a fan. You know, I'm, I'm not one for the witchcraft either. I, I don't understand people that are out there. I live in a really weird town where they have equinox ceremonies where they, they gather at, at dawn on the vernal equinox and they chant to uh, the, the spirits in the sky. I have that sound somewhere. I should try and find it. But here's what you need to do. Here's the recipe. If you want to get your coven together tonight, or your lodge, or whatever you want to call it, first of all, you need an unflattering photo of Trump, a small one, and they uh, include it so you can print it, a tower tarot card. So you have to go to your tarot card deck. I'm sure you have that at home, right? And you pull out the tower card, whatever that means. You need a tiny stub of an orange candle, a pin or a small nail. You're going to use it later to inscribe the candle. You need a white candle, any size, 
This represents the element of fire. A small bowl of water, which represents, gee, what, what would you think? Water. A small bowl of salt, representing the elemental earth. A feather. A feather, any kind, which represents air. Matches or a lighter and an ashtray or a dish of sand. Now, those are the basics of this recipe to put a spell on the president or maybe put a spell on the people who are putting a spell on the president. The optional equipment here, if you want to supercharge, if you want to jazz up your spell on the president, you need to go get you a piece of pyrite, fool's gold, uh, some sulfur, some black thread, just the regular black thread, and a baby carrot as a substitute if you don't have an orange candle. Now, preparing for your spell, you have to gather all the ingredients uh, from above, and you need to write Donald J. Trump on the orange candle stub using a pin or a nail. So you just write that on there. Arrange all the items in what's described as a pleasing circle right in front of you. Lean the tower card against something so that it's standing up vertically. And then you're supposed to say a prayer for protection. Now, this I find funny. The people who are toying with spells are praying for protection and invoking a blessing from their preferred spirit or deity. Whatever cosmic muffin or hairy thunderer you prescribe or you, you subscribe to. They suggest maybe reading the 23rd Psalm. Maybe you read the whole Bible before you do this. And uh, they, they say this is um, something that experienced magicians may perform uh, during a banishing ritual. Now, the ritual itself, and this is version 2.2, so apparently they've updated it. You are, you are to gather all these things in the circle around you, and then you light the white candle, and you, you invoke the spirits of earth and water and fire and air and all the heavenly hosts. And you're also supposed to invoke the demons of infernal realms and the spirits of the ancestors. I don't know if this is a good thing to be doing. I don't know if this is a playground you should be venturing into. And then you're supposed to say, as you light the orange candle stub or the, I don't know, do you light the carrot if you don't have an orange candle stub? You're supposed to light the orange candle stub and say, I call upon you to bind Donald J. Trump so that his malignant words, works may fail utterly and that he may do no harm to any human soul nor any tree, animal, rock, stream, or sea. Do you think, do we really think the president is a threat to anyone's soul or to a tree or an animal or a rock? You know, the, the, I feel like those rocks out there are under constant assault from Donald Trump. This is really, this is what the Los Angeles Times is asking people to do on its op-ed pages, instructing them to, to chant this out, to bind Trump so that he shall not break our polity, usurp our liberty, or fill our minds with hate, confusion, fear, or despair, and bind to all those who enable his wickedness. And those whose mouths speak his poisonous lies. 
really, this is 2017 and you are telling people to light some candles while you have a bowl of water and a bowl of salt and a picture of the president and a card from your magic deck of tarot cards and you're beseeching the spirits to bind all of them with chains of iron and bind their malicious tongues and strike down their towers of vanity. And while you're at it, Los Angeles Times, while you're striking down towers of vanity, why don't you point that spell towards Hollywood? If you want to strike down towers of vanity, now you're supposed to turn the tower card over as you're striking down the towers of vanity. You see what they did there? And you're supposed to beseech the, and, you're, and you say, insert your name here. And you, you, in the name of all who walk, crawl, swim, or fly, of all the trees in the forest, the streets, the streams, the deserts, the seas, in the name of justice and liberty and love and equality and peace, bind them in chains and their tongues and their works and their wickedness. Yada, yada, yada. You're supposed to say this with increasing passion and volume as you light the picture of Trump on fire in the orange candle stub. Los Angeles Times, you have officially jumped your own shark. I'm just saying. You don't believe me? I will send you a link to this. Because I'm sure you know someone who wants to spend their midnight tonight casting a spell. We really have lost it as a nation. California, it's, I'm, I'm blaming this on you people. I, I'm not mad at you, California. You just got some nut jobs you need to talk to. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Opelka with Mike Opelka. All right, crew, I need to know. Did I cross the line? I'm getting some heat from the crew in Dallas. They're, they're telling me that I just participated in a satanic ritual, that my coverage of the story from the L.A. Times and my reading, even though I mocked some of the chants that were in the, uh, the explanation here of this ritual, to bind Donald Trump and all those who abet him. <laughs> then I, uh, I just participated in a satanic ritual. Uh, the, the control room in Dallas seems to think that I have uh, dropped my Catholicness and uh, picked up Satan's pitchfork. No, no, no. I renounce you, Satan. Get thee behind me. Where's Billy Hallowell when I need a good splash of, uh, of faith? I might have to call Billy. Uh, But, you know, you know who will correct me? You know who will call me out if I'm indeed uh, in dangerous territory here is the one, the only Kate Scanlon. 
who is uh, the Blaze writer that covers um, faith more than anybody and uh, at the same time junk more than anybody. And you know what I'm saying, people. You absolutely know what I'm saying. So tell me, did I step over the line? If you want to see the story, I'm going to tweet out a link to it. Uh, the, the story from the L.A. Times on, on putting a spell on Donald Trump. It's an op-ed. Yes, it's an op-ed, but they had to choose to publish it. And if you know somebody who's, who's an anti-Trump person, you might show this to him because I think part of, part of showing stories like this that are so darn ridiculous that you have to put them out there so people realize Oh, my God, we have drifted so far afield that this is what's happening. This is what people consider to be normal. I know it's crazy, right? But I will tweet out a link to it and you can do with it what you will. But again, uh, am I the crazy one? Am I am I stop it, Dallas? (laughs) The minute I ask that question, I hear in my ear. Yes, 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 you are. You can call in and tell me I'm crazy. You can tell me that I just crossed into the satanic line and uh, the number is 888. I was going to say the number is 666, but that would have been too clever, right? 888-933-93-888-900-3393. I didn't drop my Catholicness. I might be in confession this week, though. I'm just saying. You can tell me. I, I tweeted out a link to the L.A. Times op-ed piece that teaches you how to put a spell on Donald Trump, how to bind Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I really think it's kind of funny. And, and, and maybe I wonder how many people I wonder if the orange candle people are behind this. I wonder if they're the ones who are reaping the benefits from this. There's always a business end for me. There's always a connection to somebody turning around and, and being a capitalist. Speaking of being capitalist and speaking of controversy, the ladies at The View today uh, had a little bit of a back and forth over Donald Trump calling, calling the terrorists losers. I told you, I heard very early this morning on both MSNBC and CNN People saying, well, no, no, that's okay. What he did there is okay. Because when they recruit weak people, when ISIS recruits weak people, they teach them to go from loser to lion, and they associate that, that suicide bombing as elevating themselves to lion status in the eternal life. I'll play you the, uh, the clip from The View, and you can tell me what you think. Maybe that's our question of the day. Was Trump right to call them losers? Come on back. We'll discuss. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. So I stirred up a little controversy, as they say in Australia. Mike, it's a bit controversial what you said with the spell on Donald Trump. And some of you have decided to either 
call in and admonish me or rush to my defense or damn me to eternal hell. I don't know. Jody in Utah is first on the phones. Hello, Jody. Welcome to Pure Opelka. Hi, Mike. Um, so let me ask a couple questions just to make sure that I'm on the right track here. Okay. Did you ritually cleanse yourself before pronouncing the spell? Now, when you say ritually cleanse myself, I did take a shower this morning. Doesn't count. Okay. Then no, I didn't. Okay. No, there's, there's, there's a certain step-by-step ritual cleanse. So I'm going to check mark the box no. Okay. Then did you cast a circle of protection before uttering the spell? There is a wired perimeter around the house, and there's a fence, and there are some electronic sensors that go off if anyone uh, crosses the perimeter and alerts me that we have an intruder. But no, other no, than that, no. not the same thing. Not okay. the same thing, sir. So I'm going to check mark that box no as well. Who knows? And then okay. the final question is, did you have the items with which to perform the ritual? No. No, I don't. I don't no. have a. All you've, I don't, all you've done is repeated the spell, and you could say that you were dabbling in things you shouldn't be. But I don't believe that you, without those things, I don't believe you've managed to um, get yourself through a spell or a satanic ritual. So I'm okay to go out in a thunderstorm. Um, well, that that's a scientific thing separate from the witchcraft. And if you feel comfortable, I would say go right ahead. All right. Well, thank you, Jody. I appreciate you weighing in. Lisa in Florida. Hello and welcome to Pure Opelka. Am I going to hell? I'm... No, of course not. If Chris Cruz is going to go there before you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he'll be so busy shaking hands, he won't mind the heat. <laughs> Well, he it professes to be a level 10 warlock. He does. Yes, he does. When this whole story first came out, he was instructing Doc and, and Cal and everyone in the morning about uh, how to cast the spells and uh, what the incantations mean. And he was really into it. You need to really contact him. He's your expert. No, or, or uh, you know what? I'm going to be in Dallas, like I said, in a little bit. I need I need to get a garlic necklace before I come down and see him. So yeah, thank you, thank you, Lisa. I feel much more comfortable right now. Meaning, no, I don't feel comfortable at all. Uh, our buddy Janie's on the phone in Florida too. Janie, how are you, my friend? Hi, Mike. Now that you're teaching witchcraft on the air, stop I'm it. If, can, can we swap Donald Trump and put in Democrats and bind them? Well, you know, I'm not. First of all. I, you're killing me. I'm, I'm not teaching witchcraft on the air. I couldn't but... resist. I love you, Mike. Have a nice day. <laughs> Thank you, Janie. One of us, one of us needs to to realize that. Uh, yes, we were just having a bit of fun. But Jody, Lisa, and Janie, some of the loyal stunt brainiacs. Thank you for joining the show today. You'll notice Jody actually came with a checklist to make sure that I had not actually done a spell and, and committed any sort of uh, violation of my own Catholic faith. Whew. I, I admit to being a little nervous about those three phone calls. <laughs> this audience is too smart. 
too smart. And and I appreciate him so much. Uh, now, he mentioned before the break that The View, The View had a problem with Donald Trump calling the terrorist losers, the guy who blew up all those beautiful young people in uh, England. And I don't watch The View, but a friend of mine sent me the clip, said, look, you got to see this. This is ridiculous. The View went after Trump for calling the terrorist losers. I love that he did it. I thought it was a, a bookend to Theresa May's comments, the British prime minister. But here's the view. Sonny Hostin is the one who took exception to it at first. And uh, Sonny's going to talk about it. Then Whoopi's going to talk about a real important question. And then Jedediah Bila chimes in. And I think all three have real interesting and salient points here. So we'll, let's kick into the, the discussion with uh, Sonny Hostin first. I'll say this. I don't know what, how you felt about it, but uh, President Trump um, called them evil losers. And I just thought, I didn't feel that that was presidential enough to respond to this. this the way he talks. But, you know, again, hearkening back to President Obama, who talked about the victims um, and talked and and didn't talk about the bomber necessarily, bombers, but talked about the victims and and, and talked about how we as a society have to come together. I was expecting something like that. Hold on one second, Whoopi. Sonny Hostin, I guess you weren't paying attention because Donald Trump did, in fact, talk about the victims and i thought that was one of the more powerful moments of trump's uh, trump's discussion of when the president actually talked about protecting life protecting all life the president was quite explicit on that so i guess you got so blinded by the word loser that you lost track of all of the other i guess you were so blinded by your your lack of appreciation for this president that you didn't hear the whole thing And I really think that's part of our problem on all of this, that we left and right stop listening to each other. And we don't hear the entire statement. And then Whoopi goes in to ask a question about safety and security, which is a a off topic, but it's worth hearing. And, you know, he's strong enough. You know, it's like you you can't you can't you can't win. You know, you can't win. This is not an argument you can win. It's first of all, great point, Whoopi. This is not an argument you can win. Because there are people that say you can't call them losers and there are people that saying he's not being strong enough. So I give Whoopi credit on this one. And this is the Whoopi Goldberg I worked with. Somebody who had a clear, a clear understanding of a topic from both sides. And she's right. But then she gets into the security question. The security question of, of what happens, uh, what do we give up next? You can't win. This is not an argument you can win. It's It's apples and oranges it's up to us to start to fetch and say we want more protection and we are willing to stand in the line we're not going to you know get mad and yeah i don't want you touching me in a way that doesn't make me comfortable but i will let you x-ray me yeah because i need you to know that i don't have anything on me and when people are talking about the all the new ways people are trying to get stuff done. You know, they, they and Manchester had been mentioned. They said this was a soft target. They and had, they had, they had said true. these can, this can be an issue. And sometimes, you know, like all of us, we don't really pay attention until we absolutely have to. Yeah. And that- That's a good point from Whoopi. And now Jedediah Beal is about to come in and chime in on what Sonny Hostin said, because Sonny Hostin 
didn't like what Donald Trump said, calling the terrorists losers. Unfortunately, what we're looking at here. Trump also, just to say, Trump also said, I understand that you didn't like that choice of words. For me, it wasn't aggressive enough. But then I read further. He said dozens of innocent people, beautiful young children, savagely murdered in this heinous attack upon humanity, called for crushing the hateful ideology. There were other things that he said that I felt. Yeah. Well, first of all, good for you, Jedediah Bila, for saying that losers was fine, but she wanted it to be even stronger. I thought that was great. And she brought up the beautiful words that Donald Trump said about protecting life, protecting all life. And the only thing this is what irritates me so much about Joy Behar. The only thing she can do when the president says something so wonderful, the only thing she can do is say somebody wrote that for him. Like somebody didn't write every damn thing that came out of Barack Obama's mouth. Stop it, Joy Behar. For those of you that missed it, this is what Donald Trump said about protecting life. This is what I've spent these last few days talking about during my trip overseas. Our society can have no tolerance for this continuation of bloodshed. We cannot stand a moment longer for the slaughter of innocent people. And in today's attack, it was mostly innocent children. The terrorists and extremists and those who give them aid and comfort must be driven out from our society forever. This wicked ideology must be obliterated And I mean completely obliterated. And the innocent life must be protected. All innocent lives. Life must be protected. What a a great statement. What a beautiful statement. Sonny Hostin, you missed it. You were so blinded by your hatred of this president, you missed it. And Joy Behar, shame on you for not, not being fair enough to understand that every president's words are written by somebody else. Every one of those people has speechwriters. And whoop, good for you to realize that this is not an argument that we can win. I thought that was worth spending some time on. So the vital question I'm going to wrap up this segment with, and we'll discuss it again tomorrow. The vital question, how do you feel about the president calling the terrorists losers? I know how Sonny Hostin feels, and I know how I feel. I'll post it on the, on the Twitter during the break. Michael Pelka and Puro Pelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. One of the guys in Dallas wrote to me the other day and he said, what, what changed? What changed? And he's somebody who hadn't been listening for a while. He'd been away for a few months uh, working on another project. And so he hadn't been able to tune in during the day. And uh, 
you know, he's not one of the loyal ones like you who actually go and download the show off the Internet, so off SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And he said, what changed? And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you really sound happy. And I said, well, first of all, I love being here in the noon slot, noon Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern every single day. And I love my job. I'm very lucky. And he goes, no, 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 no. There's something else. You have more energy. You sound happy. And I said, oh, it's relief factor. I started taking relief factor just over 10 weeks ago. It's an all natural anti-inflammatory that has relieved the inflammation in my knees and my lower back and my hips. And I don't have to take painkillers now. I don't have to take over-the-counter pain medication. I never take narcotic prescription pain meds. And I, after eight days of taking it, I started feeling better. Absolutely started feeling better. And I can do more. I can be out. I can be out in the garden. I can be on the golf course. I can walk the golf course. Call Relief Factor today, 800 500 8384 800 500 8384 Last week, Janie told us she was climbing up and down the cab to that truck faster. Her carpal tunnel has subsided. Get the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, get more info, or call them and ask them questions. 800-500-8384. It's Relief Factor. It works for me. You know, it's been a very busy day here today. It's been uh, absolutely busy, crazy, but in a good way. And we watched the president's plane. We watched Air Force One land in Rome. And there'll be a meeting tomorrow in Rome. And hopefully we'll get some additional news about a, a good connection between the White House and the Vatican. I think the president's on a, on a pretty good roll on this trip. We still have to get through the G7 meetings. And he's going to meet with uh, Macron, the new president of, of France. But we'll see what happens. I, I did just post... The new vital question of the day, which was inspired by the ladies at The View. And the question asks, um, how do you feel about the president calling the terrorists losers? How do you feel about it? 80% of you immediately in the initial voting said you loved it. 12% of you hated it. 8% can't decide. And uh, Sonny Hostin on The View didn't think it was right. Whoopi didn't seem to have a problem with it either way. But I think it's an important question to ask. I do think, based on what we're hearing, that these, these recruits, these weak-minded people who are recruited to, to do the work of these evil Islamic terrorists and are talked into blowing themselves up and killing themselves for some bizarre dream of eternal life with 72 virgins. And if you read certain translations... The same word for fig is the, the word for virgin. So maybe they're getting 72 figs in the afterlife and won't they be surprised? But it's, a, it's an important question. How do you feel about the president using that language? I am totally down with it. I am completely 100% in support of what Donald Trump said talking about those terrorists. And I hope he continues it. I also hope he continues the hardline approach and shaking them out and, and letting our men and women in uniform take care of business because I think the world is on a very good track now in terms of chasing ISIS. We still have some other problems to correct, but chasing ISIS, much better. 
Wrapping up today's show. Tomorrow, don't forget, it's Wellness Wednesday. Dr. Jorge is going to be back, and we're going to talk about the Ebola virus. Ebola's back, and, uh, and, and it's not happy. So I expect you to be here. Uh, noon Eastern is when we start. So don't forget, let's, let's call it a date. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.